welcome to another episode of Defy the Norm. So today on our Awaken Wednesday, Victor and I are going to talk about uh, breath work, trauma, and most importantly, why we're getting a divorce. Just kidding. Just want to make sure you're listening and that you're here. But I definitely saw Victor's expression right now. And he's like, what? Wait, what? We're talking about what? Okay. So let's get into it today. To inspire you to boldly and unapologetically live outside the box, dream big, and question everything. This is the Defy the Norm podcast with nomads with a purpose. you guys so welcome to awaken wednesday i'm excited to have victor's voice on here again i enjoyed recording awaken wednesdays with gabby and isabel because we can get super philosophical but if you know anything about personality type and enneagram victor brings a much more logical approach to the uh, concept of consciousness awakened uh, mindfulness uh, health in general. And so thanks for joining me, sweetheart. Oh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and now in all seriousness, actually, I... wait, wait, let me interject. I don't know if I consider myself the most logical. Robin is extremely logical. It, Rational, practical, sorry. practical, practical, yes. practical steps is what I tend to pride myself when I'm working with people like, Hey, let's take the next practical step. All right, go ahead. And we really, you know, we're launching this app next week and we have like all of our, our, our marriage is dependent on this app, you guys. You no have pressure. To join. No you pressure. Have to. It's going to be amazing. And why I say that is because Victor and I are the polar opposites in so many ways, but there are certain elements that are, we are so much the same. And when it go, comes to say business and delivering this app, we have to come together on on our delivery, but we have very different, uh, we're coming from different ends of the spectrum. Uh, and I think we both have equal value in it, but sometimes to come together, can you imagine a marriage is hard enough without trying to add the business part to it? And you know, we've, we started a business first when we were 20 years old and navigating our way through that has been challenging, but super rewarding. So today we are gonna start off by talking about our experience at that Freedom Festival at Music and Sky a couple weeks ago. Uh, I mentioned it in the solo cast last Saturday that I said, oh, hopefully I can get Victor on on Wednesday to talk about his experience. So Victor, here, tell me, tell our listeners like what a powerful experience that was. Well, first off, it was an amazing experience for, I think for all of us for different reasons. Um, and part of it is you think music and sky, everyone thinks it's just some concert, but throughout the, the entirety of the day, you're, att you're attending courses. And I was pretty excited about uh, the prospect of attending these meditative healing slash breathwork courses because I knew in my heart I needed, that's, that's this new evolution uh, of health and wellness is for people to understand the power of their breath. Now, in general, when I've been working with people, I always tell them, I ain't letting you out of the room until you shift from a sympathetic to a parasympathetic breathing pattern uh, after their workout. And so I've been dabbling in it, but for sure now I am all in 
on having an understanding that it's almost the workout is less important than getting the breath work right. And um, I had some pretty powerful experiences, which we can go into now or later. Uh, that could be for another podcast. But ultimately, the breath work from a physiological standpoint and a mental standpoint really comes together to bring harmony to the body, to rest, restore, and um, heal. Yeah. And heal from a mental and physical standpoint, right? Absolutely. We can't. Uh, emphasize that enough that there's twofold happening and right. when you start with breath work at first you think it's about uh, just calming the nervous system and while that is very important uh, it's bringing you present it's bringing you into the present moment and we're gonna go a little bit deeper today hopefully on um, why that's so important in a relationship uh, if you're navigating stress in your relationship uh, how much being present is really important and simultaneously you're clearing out trauma. Now, on your first time, if you don't have a regular breathwork practice, you might not be tapping into that trauma or unleashing it as powerfully as Victor's gonna explain, but you you are you are stripping away layers of it because I can tell you for me that uh, I don't think I had one time where I did breathwork and it was like, whoo, this, like everything released. Um, it was more that I've just done breathwork consistently yeah. for such a long time that I think it's been like a, a balloon that I've just like gently let the air out of for a long time. And I'm still letting the air out in some, <laughs> to some extent. We um, always are. But do you want to, so the whole, you had done some breath work before, but it was really the holotropic that. The holotropic was really what sent me over the edge. And um, holotropic teaches a certain breathing pattern with the idea of, of potentially unloading some of the stored energy so can i give it just a little yeah. bit of backstory backstory so um most people if you're if you're a little bit into health and wellness you know the a common thing that people think of is like oh muscle memory muscle memory well uh, when we talk in in terms of the nervous system um we talk about it having a memory of its own uh, and particularly trauma big trauma or little trauma big t or little t is stored in the nervous system uh, in in many ways, and we'll say crystallizations. And so it's important for people to understand that these pathways can be bound up and energy stored. Remember, we're electrical beings, uh, whether you be believe it completely in the chakras, which we completely, these energy hubs, or not, these electrical um, flows have to continue to move through our body. And when you have a trauma, there end up being blockages. And with these blockages, um, they can create long-term problems in the body. And we can segue into disease and how this is connected to long-term disease. Uh, and, and so when I was doing the holotropic breathing, I was, I was ready to dive deep, uh, and I was surrounded by people that were ready to go into that. And it's a circular breathing pattern where we take a nice active inhale. And then as you get to the top of that inhale, you're exhaling in a relaxed fashion, creating this circle. So there's never really a pause, but very active inhale, very active exhale. And we sat there for about 40 minutes and about, I would say 15 minutes into this thing, I start getting a little twitch in certain muscle groups. I kind of felt it first in the spine and my right hip, and then it worked into my, my forearms and hands to the point that I was in a contracture, which is like a muscular contract, sort of an involuntary muscular contraction. 
And just about that time that that was happening, of course, it's like, whoa, I'm not in control of this. I don't really like it. You can kind of, uh, I wanted to get out of it. And that about that time, the gentleman who was running the course came up to me and pushed, touched me on the shoulder and goes, keep going, keep going. And so I was very, very encouraged. I'm like, all right, well, this is normal. Um, let's do it. And so I, for the next 30 minutes of that session, um, I proceeded to go into this holotropic breathing and really dive in. And I was getting images and memories that I hadn't thought about since I was a child. And I was like, okay, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. By the end of that holotropic, I was a sweaty, fatigued mess. But at the same time, I had this sort of lightness to me um, that, that I really, really enjoyed. Now, one of the things that they said happened sometimes before you go into this, because this was my first time to do that type of breath work too, is they talked about, uh, or he talked about uh, how you might, your hands or your extremities might go numb or some parts of yeah. your body. And it's really was, was crazy to feel, you know, sometimes you'll feel that contracture, like your hands tighten up. But like for me, it felt like almost like my hands and feet went so numb that they were, it felt as if they were cut off. Like I didn't, I couldn't find them. And it was the weirdest thing because I don't have a significant, I don't have trauma in the same sense of Victor has trauma, but we, um, I think we does. all have elements of trauma and for sure I'm working through, through traumas. And whereas like Victor can think of images, like to me, it's a sense of feeling the trauma. It's not one specific incident or 10 specific incidents, whatever it is. And it was interesting because after I asked him, like, like, why, why did that happen? It was so weird for my, for my hands, like to, to just like your hands disappeared. It was really powerful. And for me, um, he did also say like, sometimes people are going to go and like release, you know, people were screaming all around us and like crying and there was a lot going on. And for me, I felt this is intense joy. In fact, that was like the idea of soul schooling came to me, like this idea that that's what I've been doing is just nurturing the soul and what that's looked like. And that was kind of, it kind of more like tears of joy for me. And, but at the same time, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm having these feelings of joy, but my hands just disappeared. And so I asked him, he's like, well, that's just, that's probably birth trauma. And on top of it, I knew um, anything shoulder, elbow, arms related is always heart chakra too. And I know that that's something that I totally struggle with is, um, is just having that balanced heart chakra. And um, the, it was interesting to see that everyone's experience was different, but then we talked to the kids and how they had um, similar experiences, right? They talked right. a lot about, sometimes we'll do it now when we're home, and Gabby always talks about how like her whole face goes numb and her jaw goes numb and, and you know, we're all working through, like I said, our kids have been pretty sheltered from trauma, but they still they work, own, yeah. have things that they're working through. And what was really amazing, I, Danny really hasn't done it, done the experience as long. He had the most intense Powerful. childbirth. Well, I guess in Jariah, probably. Jariah ended up in a C-section. I know, I think no, it's interesting. No, I think Danny had the Danny most. Had the Remember, most he, had the drop, he had the drop in heart rate. There yeah. was... There was Demerol. There was like they were almost going to intubate him. And I swear, I swear, when he hit the ice, and this is, might be another podcast. Oh yeah, that's what I saw. That's right. That's so what we'll, I like, saw. We'll connect it up. So in addition to this breath work, because we can go on the app, we'll try to do more lectures on why it's so important, and then guide people through it. But the, so just 
the sum up with that is that it was a powerful experience for us and there is so much validity to it. There's, it's just to be patient with yourself is really uh, important. But on top of that, we did ice baths. And to, my experience with the ice bath, it, like, it, was, it was intense, but you know, my personality just like thinks intensity is so great. I remember the first, the hardest part is that I had did it at the beginning and I was surrounded by so many people and it was, that was the hardest thing. Gabby too was doing it with me and she said, like, I don't want to do it. All these people are watching and it's such a theme for us of like, we have all this value to add, but self-doubt and what are people going to think of me? That was so, that was the hardest part for me. And then on top of it, I go in and you can't find your breath the first second. You really, it's like, takes me, a, it took probably a solid five to 10 seconds to find that first breath. And then they put the camera right on me. And I'm just like, what, what? Like you want to just go in on your, it was like the difference in childbirth. For four I was childbirth, I was in a hospital. It felt so awkward. You just want to be in your own space. And then my fifth, I had a home birth and I finally got to just be in, in my in own space. And it was <laughs> so beautiful. And There's an rewarding. embracing there, right? Oh, so I felt like that. That was the only hard thing with the ice bath. I felt like, oh, this. I just want this to be a personal journey. And there's a camera right on my face. But can, we can segue into what what sort of happens and what really happens. So ice baths have been very popular. If you know a little bit about Wim Hof, he's been promoting uh, ice baths uh, for a physiological uh, benefit, improving alkalinity, and breathwork does the same thing as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of people do ice baths to decrease inflammation after super intense workouts. But what they we don't, what we aren't talking about and we're alluding to here is this unloading of stored, like it gets real, real quick in the bath. And if you have... Well, tell about yours, because you weren't there when I did the first one, but then right. the second one... What was your experience like? Uh, my experience was the same thing. I, you know, it's ice water. We've jumped in cold water. I'm like, I'm not, I'm like, I wasn't, I just stepped into it. And then the same well, thing. Well, wait, wait, wait. Let's well, be first honest. off. Victor does not jump into ice cold lakes yeah, very often. Not he very hates often. it that we go to it. And I'm going to admit Chafers. that I bullied him <laughs> into. You bull bullied Yeah, she put me on the list. Yeah, yeah, because she wanted me well. to. I'm not real big on like doing these kinds of things. In, especially in crowds, right? Yeah. And so, uh, but she encouraged me and she, I'm like, sure, I'll do it, no problem. Um, the interesting thing is that when I hit the water, I didn't really expect it to shock me quite so much. And then the, the most powerful thing was the breath, but the hands, my hands instantly didn't work. They curled up the same way as the holotropic. And so I was like, oh, crap. And this guy, uh, the gentleman, I couldn't even tell you his name. I'm sure we can come find him. But I know Troy Casey kind of headed up the whole ice bath thing. And so he put some people in charge of the experiences just to help them get through. This guy slides up his glasses like, all right, you've just hit the North Sea. Your body's freaking out. you got to find your breath. This is warrior stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, that I can focus on. And I knew, I'm like, well, there's no way I'm getting out of this water before my minute's up. They were giving one minute ice baths because we had a lot of people. And especially, <laughs> I'm a little, still a little competitive. So I'm like, there's no way I'm going to give up. Although the panic does ensue. There is a panic feel that you have to work through. And so my hands curl, you're panicked, you lose your breath, and you don't know exactly where to go. So initially, it's like deep breath, like, okay, I can work that deep breath. It's just sympathetic breathing. But then he started coaching me into like, all right, I'm letting you out of here to take deep, slow breaths. 
And so I'm like, okay, well, if that's what it takes. And so then I focused on my breath and the time went by. And so that's a kind of a bird's eye into that. But I also, one of the most powerful things is the emotions that I felt. Of course, I was being very stoic in my face because I'm like, I'm not going to show emotion. Although um, I, I was across from my son and I saw all that emotion come out. Um, and so I can honestly look at that and go, yeah, that's what I went through. The only difference is I go, oh man, I don't want to show all these people anger, fear, resentment. Um, <laughs> I wanted to cry. And then eventually you, you're like, all right, I made it. Or, and then you get to that settle point right at the end of the minute. I'm like, well, now I can keep going. <laughs> I found my breath. Now I can work on it. And then like, all right, nice job. You relaxed. And I think that's the process got out and then was like, wow, I did that. Cool. Yeah, and like we were saying, Danny did, um, Victor did it twice. The one time, the second time he was across from Danny and, you know, Danny, Danny freaked out. Danny definitely, I, I saw in him his birth trauma come straight to the surface. I did notice when Victor did it the first time, like, honestly, I like looked at you like I could see your like five-year-old self. I see it every so often, but I like this five-year-old self that's like so scared and like hurt, but then eventually that guy did an amazing job of coaching you through it. So the point of the, the cold showers or the ice baths or the breast, breath, breath work, work yeah. it's really first to bring you into the present moment of, you know, our brain operates so often in the future or the past, okay? Most of our brains tend to rely on one. Victor's brain operates in the past 90% of the day if he's not aware of it. Mine operates 90% in the future if I'm not aware of it. And so being able to use something like the breath or use the shock of cold water to bring you into that moment is, it's powerful in that your, when, when your brain's in the future or it's in the past, it's telling you a story that's not necessarily true. And, you know, for Victor, he was, you know, gets in those cold situations and, or, or I'm going to tell you through our travels that he's avoided experience things, experiencing some of the beauty or immersing himself in the experience because of a irrational fear of a story being told in the past. Currently, we're in a, uh, sometimes we'll get into these fights because my brain is, discussions is is in the future, is telling myself a story about a future that I think I can control. So you can see how sometimes our our MBTI, wow. our Myers-Briggs, our cognitive function really is like his cognitive function, SI, thinking about past memories, my cognitive function, NI, are telling our brains these stories, these beliefs that keep us on these paths that literally I see it in, in our marriage all the time. Right here in this moment, we're focusing on this podcast. But I can tell you, hours before, he's probably living past stories. I'm thinking about future scenarios. And to bring us together, whether it's through breath work, through a podcast, through a cold shower, whatever it is, to bring us, it helps us be more like, okay, but what about right now? What can we, what can we focus on right now? And last night was a good example of that, that you know, I kind of got carried away, spiraling away of like, we need to make a decision. I want so much to go back to full-time living, but at the same time, my brain- Full-time RV living. Full-time, yeah, <clears throat> thank you. Full-time RV, yeah, full-time living would be a good, <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really <laughs> well, good Well, we got a lot of zombies that are walking around and not really living. 
And then we go to, okay, well, we're, we're trying to play out these scenarios. Well, Victor's brain does not go to future scenarios. He relies heavily on past information. And so then my emotions, my type eight can like unleash anger and control and intensity. We need to figure this out. This is, and he's, he's type two is like, well, what, how do I help? What do I do? And, um, to, to say like sometimes demons come out is an understatement. And I think everybody, I think if you don't have demons that come out, you're probably already a robot. <laughs> so it's important to know that, oh, wait, I know for me, I had to wake up for a second and go, I need to breathe. I need to just go back to breathing and go to the present moment and stop spiraling. And that was, I know for me, that was powerful when I catch myself being too NI. I'm too much in the future. I need to be here. And you would you agree that sometimes you get too far caught up in the past? Correct. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, and it, honestly, this is a short, these are experiences. We're sharing it as it happens, guys. So for me, um, taking that step, the first experience I have with breath work is the meditations I had with my family. And in part, I do that because I did it not because I believe so highly with them. I wanted to be involved and share with them, but I didn't vest myself <clears throat> powerfully. And so as I'm going through these experiences now, it's only because of the, t I did my breath work twice yesterday that I was able to go like, okay, don't act like that scared little five-year-old right now. Like, let's be logical. It's important to have a vision and don't react out of your potential past that that's that's the full timing full time RV experience was all about me reliving <clears throat> previous trauma and expecting it to happen again on sub subconscious level. That is huge. Yeah. So if you don't feel like you are able to take that logical risk, so you write it down on paper and go, okay, I'm going to go try this class because it'll be good for me. For example. And then you keep self-sabotaging yourself, even though logically you know there is some subconscious wiring that's stopping you and going, no, 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 don't, don't try something new. You might be judged, blah, blah, blah. And so you got to get over that. That's a simple example so that you can have some insight. These are things that happened to me. Um, and so if, you, if that's at all how, happening, you got to do some, some, breath, some breath work, some deep work, some shadow work is a common term right now as well to do that. Now, there are two ways about it. You can delve deep, sit on a couch, talk to a shrink, um, voice those things, but that doesn't necessarily always offload the, those energies. Or you can write it down, journal, and simultaneously do the body work, breath work to kind of unload it through physiological and mental, um, mental work. And I can't emphasize enough how much nature plays a role in this because I think for me simultaneously as the breath work happens as the layers get uh cleared out per se so to say um the energy rebuilding from nature like every time I'm out in the middle of a forest or standing on top of a mountain or paddling in the ocean every time mm -hmm. I'm surrounding myself by the ions of nature it's almost as if it just it, it's rewiring um all that all those neurological connections i'm sure gabby can tell me in like buddha's brain or map of consciousness the science behind it i'm just telling you for the experience of it i li literally all feel like you go do the work whether it's in a meditation or in a breath work or in the journaling 
you, you're clearing it out, but you have to rebuild. And so those ions in nature are so powerful in that rebuilding process. Yeah, a little segue into this. You know, people are often asking, hey, what can I read to learn more about blank? Um, and sometimes that can be tough to recommend because sometimes people aren't ready for it. And I'll give you an example to me, very self-deprecating uh, in, in this moment, so pay attention. Uh, my wife has always been a little bit ahead of this journey, uh, and I'm always willing to learn. Um, and certainly uh, my wife and my family are important for me to do anything for them. And I remember the first time really reading the Celestine Prophecy. And it literally talks in the book about gaining energy from a tree. And I used to read it and I'm like, está loco. You know, like, what is he talking about? I'm like, you expect me? This is Robin. This the tree is, has tacos? Yeah, this is, this is so BS, Robin. Like, come on. And honestly, I was just reacting out of a place of anger because uh, when I read those things, I was probably just not ready to understand it. Um, and so when people ask me what books to read, that's always on top of one of our lists is like, hey, start off with that. Because you read it, you read it the first time was about 10 years ago, Correct. Right? And Correct. you just reread it about Correct. a year ago. And Correct. It, it made so, mean okay. something different. And uh, I had an interesting experience for Robin's birthday this year. Um, we decided to do sort of a long, a really long hike. It was 18 18 miles. Before that, what was the longest you had ever hiked? Do you remember? Oh, 12 miles 12. in uh, Wyoming. In Wyoming, yeah. So that one was pretty high, uh, pretty good too, but it was a little bit more altitude. And again, so the experiences that I had, um, to me, I'll, I always say that hiking is more about the people I'm with than oftentimes um, where I am at. And uh, if you don't know me at all, I'm not the best like long distance athlete very dangerous over short distances but not <laughs> i'm not a real big uh, endurance I, again i did it just fine but i'm usually trailing behind everyone else and i started to get a little irritated this last trip like man i'm out here hiking 18 miles i'm sitting here by my you know 50 25 to 50 yards behind the family because they hike at a higher pace and i started to get a little angry i'm like wait a second reflect like this hike is for me i'm here because i want to be here so like just start taking in the environment and by taking it by shifting that and having that 180 and remembering and reflecting on the celestine prophecy which talks about you know nature heals and nature gives us energy i'm like I, let me just try to tap into that totally change 180 um the situation for me and i finished it with pride and enjoyment enjoyment but i can see how my past, my past wiring, um, my programming was going to have an impact. And I, I segued a little bit into what Robin was talking about, how that energy. So if you want more information a little bit, a real easy read, real easy to understand. Celestine Prophecy is a great way. But as Robin puts it, we have neuroplasticity. Um, going into these places, you reteach your body, um, rewire it. And essentially, it is feeding you in many ways. And breath work ultimately does the same thing. Yeah. Um, the... The interesting thing I notice when Victor and I are struggling to uh, see eye to eye on all of these concepts uh, is it does, if you can integrate your Enneagram, but more, I, I still keep going back to natal chart. I find myself constantly like when we have an issue, I look at my natal chart, I'll look at his, I'm like, okay, yeah, I see how this is working. There's usually a huge overlaps uh, anyways, if you start to really understand the two is if you can start with like for me how is control and so for me control this is what i say like as a type 8 control is important intensity is important 
But if I go into my natal chart, it's a function for me of adventure and security. But those two words dictate everything that I'm thinking. But it, I have so much tied up in having, is, it, is there security? And I gotta go have an adventure, I gotta have newness. You know, um, so think about the the tug that I'm experiencing right now when my my heart really knows like I I thrive on the road, but to go totally embrace that means I have to let go of some concepts of security, and so for me, if every time when I come back to it, I'm like, okay, so there's some element of control, some element of intensity that I have to balance out. Well, for Victor, his is very much tied to. Uh, acceptance and worthiness. There's this some, like he said, when he's hiking, he's going, okay, I'm, I'm hiking. I chose to hike with you guys. Like I'm, you guys should, are, are should, you guys should be um, accepting me more. You should be slowing down more to include me. There's that feeling of, actually his Lilith is all about uh, community and feeling accepted by the community. So that becomes a really powerful thing for him to recognize like, wow, this is that moment where I'm, you, you guys are walking faster than me. So you're rejecting me. And that, that triggers, that triggers a programming, whether you know it or not, um, it's doing it. But the faster you catch yourself doing it, the easier it is to, um, you know, navigate it right you catch that set like you're walking faster than me and while you can bring in the energy of the trees you can also at the same time let it go and go oh they're not they're not rejecting me they just hike more often than me so they're faster right? yeah absolutely absolutely it, it, you hit the nail on the head like you you tell yourself these stories um and as robin was saying that i was you know i can sort of relive those moments i'm like oh yeah i remember that moment but but you have to be able to do some of the work so that you can get that improvement i think this is kind of where we can adjust a little bit as we talk a little bit into this and you know we've been together for almost 30 years um and it's work uh, and, but it's also self-work and work together and so having that space is super critical in a relationship and if you're in a relationship now or you've struggled before, these kinds of things I think could help, uh, yeah. don't you think? Absolutely, because then we go one layer deeper if I think of all those things. If if I truly worked on myself and, lay, and focused only on how can I overcome this control issue, and if Victor did all of his work and said, okay, how can I, how can I work through this worthiness, yeah. then you add one more layer that's so complicated, convoluted, horrible to like deal with in some ways is your money programming because if we always that's why we um why we've chosen the lifestyle we have is because we try to go back to like if money wasn't an object what would i do here that way i can get to the core emotion that i'm trying to achieve instead of a money programming in what would i do so for example this house right now and debating between full-time trouble well if if money wasn't an object our answer would be very easy. We would absolutely keep a home base, buy a new truck, and buy a new fifth wheel. And and travel. And, and be, Right, and know that if something, if things tighten up, if it's hard to find food, if it's, um, if, if we don't like, you know, if violence is starting to uh, rear its ugly head in the world, things like that, that we know, oh, well, we have somewhere to go back to, and we can do that. But the problem is money is an object, 
but it's probably only an object because of the belief systems before, that we're yeah. trying to work through in our head. Because, you know, I've talked about this before about manifesting and it, you know, obviously we're not billionaires, millionaires even. So it's, there's obviously things that are still in the way. In <laughs> just a mind. little, yeah, just a little side note, guys, people, when we, when we tell them we've been full-timing for six years, we've gotten responses in the past like, oh man, that's awesome. It must be nice to be independently wealthy. And I look at them and I go, I don't have any idea what that, what those words mean, but that's not us. It's just the decisions we made. Um, so align yourself with what you want, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, ex exactly. And even today, like I said, last night we were there was some conflict because I've been working really, really hard on the app and I it's never good when I have to sit that many hours behind a computer and focus. And it's never good when she does that and I'm still working on my clarity. Wait, understanding, that's your word. I don't I need I need yeah. understanding. Well 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 yeah, let me elaborate so that you guys get an insight into some of the potential conflict that you might be going through with this a spouse, friend, a loved one, especially because right now conflicts are super high. There's families that have been separated, sort of separated because of that. So uh, Robin always has had laser focus on what she wants and I'm now broaching into an evolution in my coaching where I'm like, gosh, it's not about the gym. It's more about stuff outside the gym. And I've always kind of known that with people. I could see it all over. I'm like, this person's never going to be happy enough to make these changes. In the short term, I've seen pretty powerful things. But they inevitably always end up reverting if their life, um, their breath work, their eating and their nutrition, um, their relationships aren't in check. So this is sort of the evolution in my coaching. But people like to put me in a box especially if I work with them for a very long period of time. If you're listening to um, listen to this and you're one of my cl current clients, you know that I'm sort of evolving into this more like, look, I'm stepping into this in a lot of ways. We need to meditate. We need to do breath work. And I start to ask harder questions like, hey, are, are you happy? Are you happy in your life? And so evolving from what was a for a long time, I was like, oh, I'm a personal trainer. Then I didn't like the idea behind personal trainer. I wanted to make sure people understood that I was like a strength coach because I wanted them to know, if you're going to come see me, you want to get strong. I don't want to you know, just mess around here and just do a few things. And then eventually I'm like, well, no, I'm a health and wellness coach. And now I'm like, well, let's just jump into I'm a life coach, right? And a healer, right? Yeah. <laughs> do you want to add to that? No. Why not? <laughs> keep going, keep going. What was your the the point the point is is that Robin has always had this laser focus and the conflict comes clarity, that's right. that that clarity last night and I'm still working on like developing the confidence I'm like oh people are that worthiness is still that programming is still there like oh am I gonna if I shift into this will people will I be accepted would I be potentially ridiculed and I'm thinking to myself man one part of me is like dude I'm almost you know, I'm going to be 47 in September. I'm like, why am I still caring what people think? Jeez, Victor. And then part, part of me still actually cares about that. So it's how I offload it. And things like this are actually helping me step into that. So I love it when Robin asked me to come in because I'm like, yeah, I'm using my throat. Let's do it. Yeah. The, um, like I said, his Lilith, Lilith is the thing you have to overcome. Like my Lilith, I think I told you guys last week, is about stepping into a leadership role okay i, I have this um self-doubt that tells me like oh i'm too much people don't really care about this um and like every time i step more and more into that leadership role good things happen 
and I kind of, well, I stepped away from it in trying to be a mom. And when I do look at my kids, I'm like, man, I really feel proud of how I've led them. I realized that like, okay, my, my sphere of influence has to be bigger now because not that I've raised all my kids, but they're pretty like, I don't think I can make much bigger of an impact in leading them towards to you, their own so. success. Anyways, but Victor's is is literally acceptance from a community. So I'll catch myself saying things that are against that, and I have to oh wait 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 what why am I saying that he does need that? But then I then uh, his is also about how many he needs so many details, so much clarity, so or not even clarity, so much understanding. I actually think he should have been it was a type five almost, but his he was nurtured more into a type two because as a type five that you know they like to acquire a lot of information but not necessarily apply that information in any way they just like to gather makes, and that good, makes me good at trivial pursuit he just <laughs> constantly is gathering facts and ideas and that but doesn't necessarily implement into somebody like me who's all about like Implement. implementation like all right Run this with is what it. you yeah. want let's do it and uh you know, this is this is going to be an amazing journey for us because we're bringing people along with us. And if I think about six years ago, if we had brought people along louder, more in like more closely to us yeah. uh, over the journey, it would have been so powerful for people to really see could what you, it was like over could those you six ma- years. Could you imagine if we just had a camera running? Oh, yeah. And even when we started our business, I would tell if you had seen us like start... That business at 21 years old with kids, like I'd be teaching spinning classes with one kid strapped on me, feeding another kid with Cheerios in a high chair while I'm trying to yell like, come on, 10 more seconds, let's go. And then like jumping off the bike to go breastfeed and then Victor starting a class while I'm eating a bowl of oatmeal and breastfeeding really quick. It was chaos and somehow we pulled it off. And then through our travels, it was chaos. And somehow we pulled it off. And like right now we're stepping into this other realm. Um, and and it's 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 going to be chaos, but it's it's worthwhile. And I think our lessons will be, definitely be valuable in helping you overcome and get clarity too. You know, right now for me as a type eight, all I hear over and over is it's time. It's time lions. It's time type eights. It's time people who believe in it, it's time to use your voice. It's not time to be quiet anymore. And every time I hear that, I'm like, okay, it, it's good. It's strength, it's pump up. I need that. For Victor, he's he's searching for more details. He needs more information. And so he's probably seeing that like, oh my gosh, I read this book and now I can get more information here, right? Yeah. You're gathering data more and whatever it is that you're that you need in order to step forward, like do it, do it more. If you need to be louder, if you need more information, if you need more community, find whatever that thing is that you need to um, to be more self-accountable. Uh, one of the things I was going to wrap up with is we watched a really great um, pod or YouTube video, Value Tainment. Pat interviewed. Uh, do you remember? The so he was a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force. I shared I can't on remember Instagram that, yeah. story today, but um, if you if you want to know, just message me and I'll look it up. Um, and he's talking about it was a really good it was really good for us to both come together and listen to that. And I found that the more that we listen to podcasts together, the more and YouTube videos, it really helps our relationship because it gives us a commonality. For me, I listened to it and I just was so overwhelmed by how um, 
how well the lieutenant spoke. He was speaking out against um, what's happening in the military and how woke it's becoming and and that, you know, the this communist... sort of Marxist Marxist shift that we're seeing, which and so won't for, end well. For Victor, he's gathering so much detail and information about that. And for me, I'm looking, wow, this person is speaking out without anger. He's speaking clear. He's leading the way without emotion getting involved. As my voice gets louder and quieter, I ha I needed to see that, and Victor <laughs> needed to see that. But we're gathering something different from that experience. So keep throwing those type of experiences together in a relationship, and respect that each person's going to get something different out of it. Yeah, I, I you know, uh, this is important, and I think um, it, it's important that you understand if you're in a relationship, um, life can be really challenging, but the commonalities uh, aside from children need to be sometimes intentionally integrated. So whether it's listening to something or reading something in common, that gives you guys that gives you guys some direction. Now, if you love going to movies and those similar things or working out or those are good too. But the more you can sprinkle in everything from all different, the better. Then you have two boats traveling along the At same they're parallel, they're parallel. Yeah. yeah as opposed to one going over here one coming over here um I, I think that if i can make any recommendation for a relationship is that if you're having any level of struggle increase the commonality and do it in an authentic way so if you're if your wife so or spouse ice or, baths together yeah you could do ice baths you could do holotropic breathing you can do yoga practice this morning we watched that while we did while a little we work in the gym yeah. i mean and and that was it was extremely extremely pleasant. actually you guys that's a that was a powerful th shift because um i don't victor and i actually don't work out that often together anymore and uh, and since we were feeling stress and conflict um, or we're feeling conflict because the amount of stress we were putting on, on ourselves to step into another business model. I woke up this morning, the first thing, and I thought, compromise. Like, how can I meet in the middle? Well, in the morning, I love to gather information. Um, so I like to watch a podcast or YouTube, and yeah. Victor usually likes to work out. And there's some feeling of resentment some days that I'm like, oh, you just, all you do is you take care of your body like 10 hours a day, and here I am working towards something greater and then I have to catch myself like okay that's not that's that's just my subconscious telling me stories <laughs> getting them all spiraling well, out of control so I said I'm gonna work out but I'm gonna I'm gonna watch something because normally Victor wants to work out to you know loud music and yeah that's a, that's what I was gonna interject I think I have I've had a personal sort of evolution in what I felt felt a workout should be and feel like and so quite honestly uh when she would come in the gym and work out simultaneously, it was not a comfortable situation because how do i put this i was getting my demons out all my anger and frustration and so the i probably had a scowl on my face i was lifting really heavy dropping things uh doing very very intense workouts and lifts and i'm like well that if you're not in that space, like the aura in the gym, even our little uh, gym here in the home, in, in Montana is probably not a comfortable feeling, but I stepped into that today like, hey, you know, I'm here to work out with my wife. Listen to this, um, enjoy my lifts. I work out, I've worked out 
for 30 years, like it's an evolution as to my presence. And so I was very aware of what kind of presence I was bringing to her, what I was listening to, how I want to inter interact. And I think that made a difference, don't you? It's huge, huge yeah, difference. Huge. You guys, I can't even emphasize enough how important mindfulness is in just being aware of what you're thinking and why you're thinking. And that. there's a time and a place. I know there's a time and a place for for me, but it's less often than normal. I always tell people this that I'm, you know, I can still do a lot of the things that I did in my 20s and 30s, but I just ask myself why more. As far as like, I don't need to go in and deadlift 500 pounds. Uh, I still well, why you did yeah. or why you're struggling with it is, um, it's a, one of the most powerful things you can do besides all the other hundreds of things we just listed yeah. like breathwork and culture is write your hero's journey. We can do on a whole other podcast on this, but I always tell Victor that the one of the only reasons maybe I don't want to say that I'm on a further evolved path, but why mindfulness or being aware of some of these thoughts come more easily to me is because I've told my story so many times in like building our nomads brand. I told my story literally when we moved into an RV, I wrote two books. Like I told my story over and over. So I'm really in touch with why I'm amazing and why I suck. And so when you can do that, then it, then the next step is to be able to be like, okay, well write your hero's journey going forward. I know what my hero's journey looks like and it involves Victor, but I can't be the hero of his own of his story and so i have to be patient enough to believe that he has his own hero's journey so i'll ask him like write your hero's journey and while i don't think you've quite been able to do that yet i'm getting he's I'm, getting closer. i have a pretty good idea what that's eventually going to look like and i get it's it's always that intermediary sit, sort of God, how do i put this approachable uh practical um and well, a lot of it's owning your own individually. It's really owning my weirdest weirdness within a community. Yeah, yeah. Own and the your more weirdness. you guys tell him that, like, hey, <laughs> you're different, but we accept you in our community, the better he'll help his journey. Okay. Yeah. But but to finish it off, I wanted to say that it's a function of what that past story is is what's helping him figure out that future one so if he goes in and he's like i need to be angry to lift heavy weights because i'm only valued as a human being if i can lift Physically heavy strong, weight yeah. because then you can ask another question well why why do i value lifting something heavy off the ground well i didn't feel strong when i was younger i didn't feel safe um, i didn't feel safe and so if, i needed to build this barrier i mean even to the point that right now sometimes he'll tell me like you don't understand like i need to be able to take somebody down if they come into our house and i'm like what do you think the odds are that somebody's coming in unarmed into our house and you need to like do a takedown and bring, like the odds of that happening are so slim a little more in 2021 <laughs> but there's still something in his brain that's saying no 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 i need to be able to do that which is is healthy i mean we do not need more um men unwilling Beta. to do that but it's just that there's this balance. So as soon as you catch that story, this was the hard part that we've been talking about a lot. That I go, well, you know that that's your story. You know that that's why you go in the gym and do that. It doesn't mean that that story is wrong. You just have to choose if that story is serving you today. Some days you absolutely need to go into that gym. And be a monster. And tear it up. Yeah, yeah. But, but you have to every time. Like, no. you, you know, there's this level. So... I think I think uh, I think we should go take a cold shower. Yeah. <laughs> I think we uh, 
I think we covered quite a bit. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And we'll be, let us know, send us a message and let us know what, what things resonated with you, um, what you want more information on it. We, we jumped around a little bit. We tried, we did a nice job of trying to outline this a little bit. And we I think get a too, little it would be help. We can tell you on the app, there's going to be absolute guided breath. The app I can't provide be you an ice bath, but I can encourage you to take some cold showers. Oh, and that's where accountability um, comes in. <laughs> and uh, we, you know, but I don't know how deep we are going to go on relationships in, on the app, but we can. I mean, I feel like we have so much insight. You know, it's 27 years uh, 24 years, I think, of marriage. We've been together for 27 years. Like a lot. Had to work through a lot. You see our Instagram story. My husband's still like that. Or our Instagram, not story, our Instagram post yesterday. Our real. Yeah, that's right. Well, you have to look at it. Okay, that's a wrap. Awesome. Nice job, guys.